All right. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? All right. That is good. Just in case anybody here would rather be at the lake on the boat, I actually have a boat video that we're going to watch in just one minute. But before we get to that, uh, yes, my name is Gil Clausen. I have been a member here for many years. I work with Saskatoon Youth for Christ. I've been doing that, it seems like, all my life. Um, and it's just a joy for me to be here and just to share some of my heart, some of what uh, we're doing with YFC and, and our vision. And our vision with YFC is simply this, that God would speak life to every young person here in Saskatoon. And right now, there's something like 30,000 young people in Saskatoon. And by our estimations... There's probably over 25,000 kids right now who need to hear the life story of Jesus Christ. And we cannot do it alone, but together with the local church, we believe that we are God's spokesmen and spokespeople to these young people. And so that's our dream. That's our vision. And, And how can we help this happen? How can we make this happen? And one of the things that we need to do is we need to expand our base of support. And uh, one of the things, I'm not going to talk about it too much here, but there's a little card, it's called 25 for Life. They're back at the info booth, or back in one of those booths there. Um, but you can look, 25 for Life. We're trying to get, by the end of the year, uh, 250 people who could commit, new people to commit to donate to us $25 a month. And that is going to help us spark life into a whole new generation of young people. Um, the other thing is today I'm going to be speaking on the power of story and I have bulletin inserts that speak more about the message, but also speak a little bit about youth for Christ. These are available on your app. If you have the phone app or there are hard copies, if you're still like the hard copy kind of version back at the info booth and floating around here. So I would uh, invite you to pick those up. Uh, but today we're going to talk about the power of story. Because we all understand that story is a big thing in our lives. I think we all understand a good story. We like to hear a good story. We loved it when we were little kids. And we were like, you you had your bedtime story when your mom told you the bedtime story. We were all waiting for that. Uh, Right now, I'm I'm beyond that stage. Uh, I love going to a movie and, and seeing a really good story at the movie theater. But somehow, we love the power of story, and the way that story connects with us. And at Youth for Christ, one of the things that we've been doing for quite a number of years is using the power of story in our evangelism style. And so today I just want to share some of the things that we talk about and some of the, I guess it's our DNA, how we share the gospel with young people, called three-story evangelism. But before we start with that, I have to show you this boat video. It's called The Swimmer. Now, it's an old, old, old Use for Christ video, almost as old as I am. So the quality of the video is a little lacking. However, the power and the message behind the story, I think, is really relevant to us today. And it's a boat. Like, for all of those who maybe are going to listen to this message online later here at the lake right now, you know, we're going to like share with your boating experience right at this moment. So here's the swimmer video. Let's pray. Father God, 
we love you. And you love the world. And your desire is that everyone will be saved. And you have given us the mandate to be your spokespeople. So I just pray that you would help us to do what you have called us to do. I just pray as we just learn a few things from your scriptures, just that you would embed these things in our hearts, in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So today I just want to talk a few things about connecting people with God's story. And if we as Youth for Christ has a vision, and we believe it's a God vision, that he would speak life into every young person in Saskatoon, I also believe there's another vision, and that is that God would speak life into everybody in Saskatoon. Do you guys believe that God would like to speak life to everybody in Saskatoon? I believe so. So how can we make that happen? I believe we make that happen through us, his disciples. And so the power of God's story. And so in Youth for Christ, we have this thing that we call three-story evangelism. And it's, it's not uh, a method. It's not steps. It's not like this thing that you hand out. It's really our DNA, how we live and how we act and what we do. And the first step in the three-story evangelism is connecting with God's story. And the first step in evangelism, we believe, is not going. It's not going out but it's rather drawing into God. Because if we do not have a story that's connected with God's story, our story is powerless. And this is based out of John 15. In John 15, starting at verse 4, Jesus is saying, Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do only a few things. Anybody who's reading along know that I just misquoted. Because it doesn't say, apart from me, you can only do a few things. It says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from God, we can do nothing. Nothing. And sometimes we try hard to do things our way or whatever, but let it sink in that apart from God, we can do nothing. So we have to stay connected to God and His story. Further on in John 15, in verse 9, it talks about the Father's love, and I love this part. Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. I love that because I like joy. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has nobody than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. I think one of the things that stops a lot of Christians in the church from sharing their faith, sharing their story with their friends, is we are not convinced that God loves us. We are struggling with the thought that does God really love me? Does God really make a difference in my life? What do I have to give to my friend or my neighbor? And I think The first step is so critical because we need to abide in Christ. 
We need to abide in his love. We need to understand the love that the Father has for us. I love this song. It's called Good, Good Father. Chris Tomlin sings it. I think we're going to sing it a little bit later. But it brings me to tears just about every time I sing it because of the truth that's in the song. It's all about connecting with God, our Heavenly Father. He is the good, good Father, and we are His children. But there's a line in that song that strikes me deep. It says this. It says, Oh, I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for only answers you provide. And the reason that particular phrase strikes deep to me is because... I have seen a lot of young people make a lot of decisions over the years. And I just had this conversation a couple, a month ago with another youth leader. And I said this, I said, the longer I live and the more I see the long-term impact of decisions made by youth, the more I am convinced that Jesus is the answer. See, on one hand, I see youth doing incredible things. They're following God. They're changing the world for His name and for God's glory. And they're doing great things. On the other hand, I see young people who are struggling with addictions. They're in jail. They're, there's all sorts of problems. And I know that all of their struggles, they're searching for answers that only God can provide. He is the only answer. One of our favorite verses is John 10.10, which simply says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Satan's trying to do that, not just in the lives of the young people, but he's trying to do it in the lives of everybody in this room right now. Maybe not right this moment, but throughout the week, he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy our life. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And that's the life that we want to have with God, and that's the life that we want to share with all of our friends. The second step in the three-story evangelism is connecting with others. And uh, to do this, I want to I read uh, from John chapter 4. And uh, the interesting thing with Jesus is he connected really well with the average person. In fact, he often went out of his way, kind of broke some religious traditions of the day so that he could connect with the average person. And he did this with the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. It says this, starting in verse 1. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who was baptizing, but his disciples were doing the job. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. And I need to pause here for a minute. Because uh, geographically, so he was down in Judea, down at the bottom, and he was going up to Galilee, up in the top. And this verse says, now he had to go through Samaria. But the truth is, Jews hardly ever went through Samaria. They would, because they hated Samaritans. They had big disagreements. So they always, instead of going straight up, they always went around. But this verse is kind of intriguing because it says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. I think it's because he had a divine appointment. And so what happened? So he came to this town. He came to this well. Uh, It was Joseph's well, or sorry, Jacob's well. And it says, verse 6, 
Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. Then a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy the food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. And the story goes on as they connect. A couple of things that I would just like to draw out quickly from this story. Ways that we can connect with our neighbor friends. The first is this, is that Jesus went to an unusual place. He didn't go the typical religious route around, but he went into places where people were hanging out with the goal of connecting with the people. The other thing was he he sometimes stepped out of the religious boundaries of the day. It was Jews didn't talk to Samaritans. Jewish men didn't talk to women, generally speaking. So here he was breaking all of these traditions. But the other thing I'd like to point out is Jesus didn't start with the truth. He started with a question. He didn't come up to her and say, hey, do you know that I am the way, the truth, and the life? No, he he asked her a question. He said, would you give me a drink? And often I think when when we're trying to connect with our friends and neighbors, sometimes we start with the truth instead of connecting with their story. We start with, you know, God loves you. He died for you. You need to accept it into your life, which are all true. Of course they're true. But sometimes our first point of conversation shouldn't be that. It should actually be, hey, how are you? My name is Gil. What's your name? And we need to connect with their story. There's a a famous line that says, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that is so true. Um, This is why... In Youth for Christ, we have some of the programs that we do. Basically, every program we have is simply an excuse to connect with a non-church kid. So we do this thing called California Breakaway, where every Easter we take 100 kids down to California. These kids want to go to California. They're not necessarily into religion, but they're willing to put up with some religion. And while we're there... We're riding the bus with them. We're communicating with them. We're entering into their story, finding out who they are, what they're like. While we're there, we have a speaker who connects with God's story. And through our staff, they connect with God's story. And it's all based on relationship. And every year, it's highly successful. This year, we had 93 kids going. And if you want to know more, you can talk to Spencer and Chandra, who are a couple of the volunteers who come and help us year after year. But this year of 93 kids, we had like 30 kids wanted to get connected deeper with God and his relationship. 30 kids wanted to get connected with a youth group. 20 kids wanted a Bible. Uh, So it was just fabulous. Another thing that we do is uh, inner city hockey league called YFCHL, where every year we have between 70 and 80 inner city boys who don't go to church. They love ball hockey. And so we connect them with a coach, uh, a male Christian coach and And they coach these boys throughout the year. And we have the Stanley Cup. And we have, like, prizes and all sorts of cool things. And these guys, through the journey of the year, we connect with their story and we connect them with God's story. It's why we started this mobile youth center, which maybe you saw out there. And throughout the summer, we're taking this into five different locations around the city, partnering with different churches. And the goal is that we could connect with 
connect the community youth with the church youth and with the church leaders because we want to be able to bring these connections together because we believe that God works through the power of our story. So I would just encourage you to think of ways that you can open the door of conversation with your friends and your neighbors. And maybe it's that the stranger you don't even know. You don't know the impact that you can have in the life of a person just through saying, hi, how are you today? Strangely, maybe it's not strange, I don't know, but one of the ways, one of the best tools that I have for connecting with people is tattoos. And yeah, tattoos, it might sound a little strange, but can we just, uh, let's not get into the argument of whether tattoos are good or bad or whether the ink's going to bleed into you and die, you die, all those kind of things. Okay, let's just set all that aside. Most people, when they get a tattoo, it's for some significant reason in their life. And they're telling their story by what they put on their body. And I find it just a great, I mean, I'm not like looking up their arm or whatever, but you notice a tattoo on them and you just say, hey, that's pretty cool. What does that mean? And I have found that to be such an open conversation, a, an opening conversation piece. It's incredible because they have actually put their story on their bodies. And interestingly, a lot of tattoos nowadays that I'm finding, they have some sort of spiritual kind of connection. Something happened in their life and they're going, I don't want to forget that. I'm putting that right here in my body. So... I don't know, it's just something that has really worked well for me to be an opening conversation piece. It might be the tattoo, it might be your kids and their sports, it might be the team that you cheer for, it might be where you go for holidays, it might be the painful situation that you have just gone through that they're about to go through. But there's ways that we can connect with their story. Finally, it doesn't end there. We need to be able to connect our story and what God is doing in our story with their lives. This is where we're bringing the gospel into their situation. But in fact, um, we are not bringing Jesus into their lives because Jesus is already there working in their lives. We are simply there trying to point out what God is already doing in their life. God, I believe God is at work in everybody's heart. Our job is to help point out and say, hey, did you ever think that maybe God was speaking to you through that? So we can relax. We don't have to be the experts. We don't have to be the salesmen. I don't like being a salesman. You know, it sucks. Some people are great at sales. I'm not good at sales. But we don't have to be the guy that closes the deal. You know, like if they don't pray with you to receive Jesus, you haven't failed. Our job is simply to be a witness to what God has done in our life. And the Holy Spirit's job is to draw them into relationship with God. So we don't have to be the experts. When they're asking all these questions that you don't know, you don't, have to, you don't have to feel like you have to answer all their questions. You can say, you know, I don't know the answer to that. I would love to find out more. But this is what God does in my life. This is how God has helped me through this situation. And you can just point back to how God has drawn you into relationship with him. Oh, yeah. Okay. So if you want to know more, there's a lot more on our website. You can get these uh, bulletin inserts and find out more. But on our website, there's all sorts of more information if you would like to dive in a little bit deeper 
I need to wrap things up here, and I need to wrap it up. I would like to wrap it up with this story. One of the privileges that I get to have is connect with Youth for Christ staff all around the world, really. We're in over 100 countries. And just recently, we were at our national conference, and I heard our national or international president share this story. Because we're in countries that we can't speak about uh, in the Middle East because they're technically closed to the gospel. But Youth for Christ is there in quiet words, ways. And just recently, in one of these countries, two young staff, they came out of the country, they got training, and they went back to the country. And the reason they went back to the country was because God called them to their homeland to share the gospel. Everybody's trying to get out. They went back. Um, While they were there, they led a young 17-year-old Muslim boy to the Lord, to faith in Jesus. Just a couple of days after that, he was put in jail. There was some sort of mistake, misunderstanding, something. They confused him with his brother, and he was put in like a maximum security prison in this, in this country. And these two workers are going, ah, this isn't good. This is terrible. 17-year-old boy in a maximum jail. Like, this is not going to go well. And so what did they do? They prayed, because that's where you have to start. God, what do we do? God, you need to help us. And after they prayed, they said, okay, we need to go to the officials. They went to the officials. They said, there's this 17-year-old boy. He's in this, like, maximum security prison. He should not be there. It's not safe. And they go, you're right. That's not good. So they got a little letter, and they wrote up this letter. And they they said, here's a letter. Take this to the prison. We're going to release him to your care. What? Okay, wow. So they go to the prison, and they go to the prison guards, and they they meet the guy, and they go, hey, we've been praying. We're going to get you out. And he goes, I don't want to go. What? Yeah, it was so cool. The first day I got into here, I led a Muslim cleric to the Lord. The next day, he brought all his jihadist friends to me and said, tell them about this Jesus guy, this Prince of Peace, because we're just over here killing ourselves, and we need to hear about this Prince of Peace. And the boy said, I don't want to go. I need more time. I have a question. If, if you're alive here today, raise your hand. We've got 95%. That's pretty good, okay? I know some people have drifted off, you know, so you can give them a nudge. Hey, can I just say this? Whether you're 17 or whether you're 70, if you're alive, you have time. God has not released you yet to spend time with him in heaven. He has a purpose here for you. And I believe that purpose is for us to connect other people with God's story so that they can learn and understand who he is and they can join him in heaven one day as well. So can we not be the swimmer guy in the video? Can we not be him? The guy that came up with all the excuses and saying, I don't have time, I'm too busy, I'm going to be too holy or whatever. Or the guy that just simply refuses to look at all the people that are around him that are crying for God's voice, are crying for God's help. And they just need us to be the bridge to connect them there. I'm going to get the worship team to come up here and we're going to continue to close. 
Neil, I think I'm going to have to move that video to the end because I'm running out of time. In closing here, uh, just a couple of things. First of all, I don't know where everybody is at, obviously, but God does, and that's the important thing. There might be somebody here who this, as I'm talking about connecting with God's story, you're realizing that you are not connected with God's story. And if there is anybody here who is not connected with God's story, my hope and my prayer is that today you would connect with God's story. That today, as Psalm 34 verse 8 says, that you would taste and see that the Lord is good. Because he is good. Those of you who are like retired age, you've been walking with God a long time, you can testify that God is good. Yeah, there's been struggles. Yeah, there's been some problems. But God has brought you through that. I have yet to meet a senior person who has said, trusting Jesus is the worst decision I've ever made. I have never met a senior who has said that. I have met seniors who said, you know, I wish I would have followed Jesus a little bit better here or there. But I have never heard them say, trusting Jesus, that was the worst thing I have ever done. If you're here today and you have not trusted Jesus with your life, I urge you to step into that relationship with God because it is awesome. Probably for most of us here, however, we're stepping in relationship with God. We're connected with God. And my challenge is, when is the last time that we have connected God's story with somebody, with a neighbor around us? And it, it might not be like you need to get up and preach to them. It just might be as simple as asking them their name and saying, hey, how are you doing? God bless you today. I don't know. If you're walking in step with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will guide you into those conversations. And he will bless them. So my challenge for the rest of us here this week would be, could you this week intentionally go someplace, prayerfully ask God to open up a conversation with somebody that you don't know that you could share God's love with that person this week? Some of you going like, yeah, I'm going on holidays this week, so uh, like I don't really have time. That's the best place to do this. Because when you're up at the lake, everybody is just so chill. Everybody is like, that's all they've got is time. Would you this week intentionally and prayerfully try to connect with somebody with the purpose of connecting your story and God's story and leading them into faith with God?